Hey everyone, welcome to episode 66, Organizing Your House. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. I cannot believe the feedback from last week's episode about laundry and how in the world did I speak for 37 minutes about laundry. I'm just here to say that you can plug anything you want into the model and it always, always, always works. Now, the model is not meant to make you feel happy all the time. This was a very big relief to me. That 50% of your life is you're going to feel happy, joy, content, gratitude, love, abundance. And 50% of your life, you will experience the other emotions that somehow we think that other people aren't feeling them, like sadness, frustration, anger, disappointment. And the more that we can normalize it for ourselves, then we can normalize it for our kids and teach them how to feel the feelings. And it doesn't mean that your life will be broken into two parts, like from seven in the morning till three in the afternoon, you will feel sad, angry, lonely, depressed. And then from three o'clock to seven o'clock, you will feel all the other feelings. It doesn't work that way. It's kind of like a mixture on a merry-go-round throughout the day. So I want to normalize that for you, and I want you to normalize that for your kids. And I want you to all know that I'm dealing with 50-50 every single stinking honkin' day. Do not ever put me on a pedestal. Do not ever think I'm the P word that rhymes with smurfic. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm cracking myself up in the closet. Do not ever think that I'm different than you. Do not ever think that my kids are different than you. I am awesome and flawed all at once. My kids are awesome and flawed all at once. David is awesome and flawed, which means that we are flossom. You are awesome and flawed. It's not awesome or flawed. It's a combination of both. So when we look at our flaws as not imperfections, we look at our flaws as like, oh, this is an area that needs a little more attention. But sometimes we use our flaws and we use it against us in a very, very harsh way. And we put labels on ourselves that are simply not true. If your house looks like an episode from Hoarders, your value and your worthiness is the exact same of your neighbor's house who you could eat off their floors. And if your house looks like something that Joanna Gaines created and she could come over right now and have coffee and tea and you'd be showing it off, your value and worthiness is not better or worse based on your house. Whether it's super clean or super messy, it has nothing to do with your value or your worthiness or who you are as a human being. Remember, your value and your worthiness was given to you the day that you were born. Nothing in life can increase or decrease your value and your worthiness and your good enoughness. We sometimes are trained as children to look outside of ourselves to find our worthiness and our value, such as look at our parents' opinion. Look at our sports, look at our grades, look at our peer group, look at the choices that we make. Sometimes people have a lot of guilt and shame by drugs that they did they were 16. Doesn't take away your value and your worthiness. It might have been a bad decision, but it doesn't make you a bad person. 
Sometimes we go through this life and we want everything perfect because we think if everything's perfect, then we don't have to experience negative emotion, such as rejection or not feeling good enough or not feeling loved or not feeling worthy. And I hope this whole podcast, every single episode, talks about your worthiness and your value and your good enoughness does not come from anything outside of you. Doesn't come from your marriage, doesn't come from your boyfriend, doesn't come from your girlfriend, doesn't come from your wife, doesn't come from your kids, doesn't come from your grades, doesn't come from your weight, doesn't come from your income, doesn't come from your parents, doesn't come from your in-laws, doesn't come from your greedy, greedy grandpappy. It comes from nothing or nobody outside of you. Even if their opinion of you is less than stellar, that is okay. Your good enoughness is not defined within your house. Now, I'm going to be talking about your house today, but I don't want you to use this information to beat yourself up. I have this huge disclaimer in the beginning on purpose because there's different levels of comfort that people have in their home. When I was an intern, I was in many different classrooms. Some classrooms looked like a model classroom, and the teacher was very comfortable with that. If there was any papers out of line, she or he would simply put them back in line. I had other classrooms that it looked like a bomb went off, but they were very comfortable in that setting because they didn't feel like they needed to move every single paper back in place. And they felt comfortable allowing the kids to explore and be free and get in Play-Doh and make messes. Now, one teacher is not better or worse than the other teacher. It's a different comfort level. Also, there was different sound levels that different teachers were comfortable with. Some classrooms you would walk in, first grade, you could hear a pin drop. Other classrooms... Lots of talking, lots of communicating, lots of moving around, lots of hustle and bustle. Two different teachers, two different comfort levels. Neither of them are better or worse. So I asked on Facebook, you guys are amazing. And how are we on episode 66, by the way? And I just want to say that when you're going to do the thing that scares you, the fear never, ever, 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 ever goes away. My brain pops up and says all sorts of nonsense before I record a podcast, before I go to organize my home, and before I go for a run. It happens literally 100% of the time. And I think that I still expect it to go away. And so you might have that thing that you're expecting the voice to go away or just the chatter of, I'm not organized. I'm not motivated. You don't need to do that. Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. You can't ever have an organized home. Look how messy you were growing up. All those messages are just your brain spouting off whatever it's going to spout off. Some kids were told when they were younger that they were super messy. So now they go the opposite extreme and they're super neat to a point of putting so much pressure on themselves and on their family. Some people grew up super tidy in a super tidy home. It was so much stress and mom or dad was always cleaning. So they went the other way. They're like, let me let my hair down and be free. And then they live in clutter. Now, usually a cluttered house leads to a cluttered mind. If the clutter is causing you stress, it's just like those teachers in the classroom. One classroom, the clutter caused her a lot of stress, and the other one, the clutter actually gave her comfort. So you always have to put the circumstance in the model, and then you have to say what thoughts you're thinking about the circumstance. That's why I spent so much time talking about laundry, and I didn't even put laundry in the sea line. I put clothes in the hamper or clothes that need to be put away. Not even that, clothes that are folded folded clothes. I put different things in the C-line so then you could see what your thoughts were about it. And when you think about your thinking, that's when you can find the truth. That's when you can choose your thoughts and that will drive your emotion. I don't want you organizing your house out of frustration and lack and not being good enough. I want you to organize your house because it feels good to live in a uncluttered home because your brain is uncluttered. A lot of times parents are yelling at their kids, but they're really mad at the house. 
They're mad at the house being disorganized. And so instead of yelling at a disorganized house, which they cannot do because it's an inanimate object, they yell at their kids. So I want you to come from a place of, I don't have to clean my house. I get to clean my house. And I'm going to give you strategies, and I'm going to give you routines, and I'm going to give you what we do, and I'm going to give you examples of what others do. But that's the A-line of the model. Until we clean up the top part, the A-line doesn't matter. It's like when I'm helping someone lose weight and I tell them what to eat and what workout to do. None of that will work if the feeling and the emotion that's fueling it is lack, not being good enough, because that dies out. That's where willpower comes in. But if the thought is, I'm going to do this no matter what because it matters to me, then you're fueled by excitement, empowerment, motivation. And then the action becomes so much easier. So I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about the model and putting different things in the model as tangible things to help you clean up your thinking about your house. Because when you clean up your thinking about your house and you see it as something you get to do versus you have to do, and you're doing it because of the delayed gratification, then when your brain goes to do the things that it's going to do, which mine does every single stinking honking day. It could be putting the groceries away. It could be making the bed. It could be emptying the dishwasher. It could be mopping the floors. It could be organizing my counter space on my bathroom, any of it. The favorite thing that your brain likes to do is it likes to spin out in overwhelm, confusion, and I don't know. My brain does it every day. So when I say your brain, I'm really talking about our brain. Our brain likes to spin out in overwhelm and confusion, and I don't know. Those are the top three, because if it spins out in overwhelm and confusion, and I don't know, then it doesn't have to do anything. So I love the Bethany Frankel quote, come from a place of yes. So when I'm sharing strategies, I'm sharing tips, and I'm sharing how we do it, your brain will immediately go to that won't work because she only has two kids. She has a helpful husband. She has more support. She's motivated. She, she, she. You're going to use reasons. Her kids are more helpful than mine. You're going to somehow disconnect yourself from me because the brain will do that to not take action because there are very few people that like to clean a house. So when our kids don't like to clean a house or clean the room or pick up the garbage or pick up their rooms or put the laundry away, we somehow seem very surprised about that. Like, I just don't know how to get them to help. They're just so unhelpful. It's just all about, it's all about them. And they never want to clean up the house. They never want to clean up the room. They never want to pick up their shoes. Either do we, unless you're a unicorn. And there are some unicorns out there. I happen to live with one. His name is David. He actually enjoys cleaning. I can't say he enjoys it. I think it releases some stress in his life. I think I told the story one day when Grady had a really bad pool accident and he had to go to the hospital and it was an awful stressful day. It was one of those days you don't want to relive. He had stitches. It was, he was like three years old and I was on my way to a funeral and I think I've told this story before. And we got home and I'm like flubbing my lips staring at the wall. Like I can't believe what we just went through. He had to have an MRI, make sure there was no brain damage. It was just one of those days that were from H-E double hockey sticks and you just never want to relive. And so we get home and it's like 5.30 and I'm literally flubbed out with the couch. I'm lecturing Grady about not touching his stitches and not touching his boo-boo. He's like three years old and I'm just like spent. And David's like, you know what? I'm going to go clean the garage. I'm like, what? It's 5.30. We just had the most stressful day ever. He's like, no, I'm just going to clean the garage. And I look out there and he's washing the cars. I'm like, what are you doing? And that's when it like clicked with me. I was like, oh, this is like stress reliever for him. So if we were to grade each other, because I have you all grade on Facebook of what are your different grades for the different people in your house, I would say David's an A, Lily's probably an A minus, and then Grady and I, we're like C's and D's. So we have different comfort levels. So you're going to live with people in your house that have different comfort levels than you. Just like I was an intern 
And so I remember I was doing half day in one classroom and half day in the other. And I remember almost like shifting gears. I'm like, okay, now I have to be like super organized and like make sure my pens are all clicked in and put in the way. And and then the other one was like a free-for-all. So I almost like changed energies and I changed vibrations, so to speak, when I went in the different classrooms. And that's the same way that you're going to be within your home. Now, there's going to be people that will set the curve and be annoying, like someone I mentioned who I love dearly. But I want you to look at that person who's setting the curve, and it might be you setting the curve. What can we learn from that person? So you have to somehow meet in the middle. Like, I can't keep up with David, and he can't keep up with me as far as our different grades. Because his way stresses me out too much because it's too stringent, and my way stresses him out because it's too lackadaisical. If I was living with David, I'd be a pretty organized person. But living with David, it almost like sets the curve, and then I'm like failing the class. So like I said in the last podcast, this literally caused so much friction, so many arguments for so many years because he wanted me to live like an A and I wanted him more like live like a C or a D. So through conscious living and through becoming a conscious wife and him becoming a conscious husband without even knowing it, I realized that what if we met in the middle and then we had like a B minus house? That's why this B minus work is so freeing because it allows grace and compassion for the C's and D's of the house. And then it takes off the pressure of the A's in the house. And then you kind of meet in the middle. Like if you were to come right house right now and give it a grade, well, also the grade would be based on how you see the house, not based on fact, not based on reality, because there is no reality other than the way we see it. So the lens in which you see it is much different than the lens that I see it or David sees it or our different comfort levels. We have finally, after being together since 1999, come to a place that we haven't had an argument about division of labor in probably five years, six years, when it was like every five days. So how did that happen? It happened in a lot of different ways where I would kind of like bend for him and he would bend for me because my brain was spinning in overwhelm and confusion and I don't know. And every time he made any type of comment about anything, I got super defensive and I was like, whoop, threw the baby out with the bathwater and I'm not good enough because I never wanted to disappoint him. So I remember I told you about that argument we had about the recycle bin when he was saying like, you know, when I see this recycle bin overflowing, I think you're saying... David's going to take care of it because he takes care of everything else. And I'm thinking, bro, you're not like a selfish dude. Like you are like the nicest human and you don't, you're not like narcissist, but like, I'm not thinking about you, bro, when I'm not emptying the recycle bin. And then I got super defensive and I'm like, well, the reason why is because I did X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, and I got super defensive. And then he was like, chill. I'm just asking if you could, you know, take out the recycle bin if it's overflowing. And I'm like, well, I need you to chill because I need you to not to be so critical, Carl. So round and round we go for 15 years like that until like I finally woke up to like, oh, wait, he's an A, I'm a C. What if we met in the middle and became a B? And so I started implementing the strategies that I'm going to talk about. And then it was almost like the effort was there, even though it was all B minus. So he appreciated that. And then he never said much. But it was more like, oh, thanks for emptying the recycle bin when you saw it overflowing. I'm like, oh, I can do more of that because I'm words of affirmation. He's acts of service. So when I empty the recycle bin, that's much different than me saying you're an awesome husband. Me saying you're an awesome husband goes over his head. And he pretty much he's like, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Or if I'll say like, you're an awesome dad. He'd be like, yeah, I think I am too. Joking around. But it goes over his head, meaning he doesn't like really make a deposit. But me like bringing up the recycle bins from the street. Oh my gosh. That's like him leaving notes all over my car. So do you see how that's different? But it's also the same. It's just different deposits we're making. So a lot of people say they don't know where to start. It's all too overwhelming. It's all, I don't know, it's so much confusion. And that's what the brain does. But it's kind of like when you look at YouTube and you want to watch Dude Perfect. Great, and I'm obsessed with Dude Perfect. And you see all the different episodes. Well, you don't watch all of them at once. You just watch one at a time. So the same thing works when you're organizing your house. You don't have to do it all at once. 
You just have to do a little bit at a time and a little bit each day because so many people are overwhelmed with their house. So then they do nothing. And then it just, well, let me just ignore it. Let me just sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug. And until it becomes so overwhelming, they don't know where to start. And then it's like the sky is falling and the sky is falling and the sky is falling. Oh, the sky has fallen. So I want you to know that you don't have to be overwhelmed. I want you to be empowered by this work. And think about your thinking about how you are as an organized person. A lot of times we want to blame all the other people in our house. I asked, what is the hardest part about keeping an organized home? And 90% of you said the other people in the house. I will help you with the other people in the house, but I can't help you with the other people in the house until you clean up your thinking about the other people in the house because they are not the villains and you are not the victim of the other people in the house. I know you want to go there. I used to be the villain and David was the victim of me. Then I would make him the villain and I was the victim of David because he expected too much and he thought I didn't expect enough. So one quote that really got to me was, instead of saying you don't have time for X, Y, Z, say that it's not a priority and see how differently it changes. And I was like, dang, because I help a lot of people lose weight. And so I always have them do that with exercise. Instead of saying I don't have time to exercise, saying it's not a priority for me to exercise. And that's like, ooh. But it's also very jarring because then you can kind of wake yourself up to your own BS that we tell ourselves. My brain does this every single day. So this is not you versus me. This is you with me. Believe me, girls and boys that are listening, this is always an uphill climb. And that's okay because then it becomes a little bit easier. So I want you to practice running the model, putting different things in the sea line like dishes in the sink. I have corningware. I think it's called corningware. Instead of saying dishes in the sink, that might be too loaded. You could say four corningware plates in the sink. What are my thoughts about it? Now, remember, they can be positive or negative. Just know that it's not the dishes causing the emotion. It's the thoughts about the dishes. And I don't even like to say dishes because that's a loaded word. Just like laundry doesn't cause any emotion, it's your thoughts about laundry. And that's kind of bad news because laundry has been the villain for a long time. So now we have to kind of take control over our thinking. And again, I don't want you to stop hating laundry. If you want to hate laundry, you can keep hating laundry. I don't even like the H word. It can keep stressing you out. It can keep driving you crazy. It really can. I'm not trying to take that away from you. I'm just suggesting that maybe you want to change your thinking just a little bit. So it's kind of like when you use those latter thoughts, instead of hating it, I'm the victim, the laundry is the villain, no one helps me, I'm a martyr. Instead of using that energy, just maybe instead of I hate laundry, maybe I have laundry. And then you can go into the gratitude land. But there is laddering thoughts because if you go straight from I hate laundry to laundry is the greatest thing ever, your brain's going to call BS and then say, okay, stop lying to me. Just like when I'm helping someone lose weight, instead of saying, I'm so F-A-T, I have 100 pounds to lose, instead of saying, I hate my body, you could say, I have a body. Just like your weight, just like your house, there's different comfort levels. Some people I'm working with are dying to be a size 10. Some people I'm working with are dying to be in the hundreds. They've been in the 200s for so long. Some people I'm working with are a size 8 and they're dying to get to a size 2. Do you see how that's all relative? There's some people I'm working with that are a size 22 and they want to be a 16 or an 18. So there is no right or wrong. It's whatever your comfort level is. It's kind of like the thermostat on your air conditioning. When you're sleeping, you have a certain level of comfort. And I always ask on Facebook, what is the temperature that you sleep in when you go to sleep? And the numbers are all over the place. Like David's a 74 guy. I'm like a 70. So sometimes we're at 72. But if I turn it to 70 and he's here, he will have ice cubes on his lips when he wakes up. If it's 74, 76, I will be hot as the sun when I wake up. So we all have that zone of level of comfort. And so it's just like your house. It's just like your laundry. It's just like your body. It's just like your income. It's just like your relationship with your spouse. It's just like the relationship with your kids. It's just like the relationship you have with your job. 
there is that Goldilocks sweet spot that I want you to go to. And that sweet spot is different for everybody. So I'm going to share what we do, but that doesn't mean that that's the way that you should do. I want you to take my ideas, put them in the model, see how you think about your thinking, and then get a routine that works for you and your kids and your spouse. Because I like this podcast being called Harmony in the Home because I want to talk about all the things in the home, like the relationship with yourself, the relationship with your kids, the relationship with your spouse if you're married, the relationship with your animals, the relationship with your house, the relationship with your laundry, the relationship with your body, the relationship you have with food, the relationship you have with alcohol. All those relationships really, really matter because that always equates to more harmony in the home. Does not mean perfection in the home. We're going for B minus. So I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.